Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There is no shortage of action going on with our partners at BetOnline.ag. The NBA is right around the corner, and right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play. And BetOnline has the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. Yes, what's up, Pels fans? Welcome to another episode of the Bird Calls Podcast. I'm your host and contributor to thebirdrights.com and Bleacher Report, Preston Ellis. Today in Ohio, the man made the drive, uh, was it today or yesterday? I don't even know where I am right now. Uh, how you doing, <laughs> Oleander? I'm okay. That was yesterday, man. Yeah, 11 hours yeah. in the car. Luckily, there was no traffic or traffic jam, so I, I, I can't complain, but Look, I'm not going to get on a plane, risk bringing or catching a coronavirus and bring it to a family member or something like that. So you got to make the drive. And I haven't done that in years. So I'm just glad it's over, but I'm not looking forward to when I got to go home. You still got it, old timer. I knew you had it in you. Ooh, that's and... so wrong of you. <laughs> and also we've got the Prince of the Protocol who's being called back to work without his, uh, I guess, knowledge or permission. What's going on, Mr. Kevin Berrios? Oh, well, I guess I'm not being called back to work because I didn't oh, okay. get called about this weekend. But apparently we are opening again this weekend just for the weekend to see how it goes. And they didn't so. call you? No, I mean, they're, like, I mean, I've been there 10 years, but there's people I've been there for like, 20 years so like okay. they got three people they only need three bartenders to do the whole weekend for what they're doing so i didn't i didn't get the call which i'm happy about honestly Gotcha. I am in the middle of a labor battle myself with the Actors' Equity Association and Walt Disney World. Uh, myself and some of the leaders uh, of some of the more prominent stages that Walt Disney World talked to. Uh, the Wall Street Journal that was published today. Tomorrow, Business Insider, uh, all sorts of anything. Other things like that, if any of you are interested in that, hit me up. But let's talk about Pelicans, because we actually had some basketball. We had a scrimmage today against the mighty uh, YMCA Nets. Uh, it was a really thrilling affair. Mr. Ali, uh, it was tough to have any real takeaways, because it was kind of a, a laugher pretty early on. What were some, some of the most important takeaways you had? Uh, yeah, it was a laugher after about five minutes or so, and even the score tried to glitch us into or basically foreshadowing of what was to come. But look, it, it's it's good that they got out of there with the win and everybody was able to play a lot of minutes. Um, my biggest takeaways, I think, was that Brandon Ingram, he looked like the most improved player. He looked like an all-star, right? 
He, uh, I think he knocked down three threes, but it, it was his savviness, right? He, he was just so under control, able to pull up from wherever, do whatever he wanted. I thought there was a couple of times where he made a couple of drives instead looked to pass the ball instead of winning. Maybe he should have shot. So I think he was my number one. Um, I think Lonzo Ball looked really good. I know he had a bad turnover, but for the most part, I just like Lonzo Ball's aggressiveness. You know, he started the game with a drive to the rim. Um, so that's always a good positive sign, considering he only does that about three or four times a game typically. Drew Holiday's defense was great, right? That energy was there, but I don't know whether it's as usual, you know, coming off a long layoff that his offense was as rusty as it was, but, you know, missed a couple free throws, missed a couple layups, and that, that seemed to be a theme, right? We saw, I think, I count at least eight or nine missed layups by the whole crew. So that's got to be a given, right? The rust is expected, and maybe it's just a little bit of nerves or whatever. But for the most part, though, the team just did what they were supposed to against a much lesser quality opponent. You know, Jackson Hayes has some good defensive plays. Kenrich Williams took a couple of charges. Uh, Nikhil Alexander was the, probably the biggest mixed bag, right? He had some really bad turnovers. I remember a stretch where he had two in a row. I mean, he just flat out threw it to the, the nets. But then he also had a, like, a nice block, a nice steal, couple other nice baskets and passes. So, I don't know. What do you think, Kevin? What, what stood out for you? Well, before we get to basketball with Kevin, Kevin, uh, first of all, I, I want you to talk about the the structure of the event. What did you think of the viewing experience? Well, it's frustrating that, like, I couldn't watch it on NBA TV. I don't understand what this whole situation is where, like, I understand if it's being broadcast on Fox Sports NOLA, which I don't understand why it wasn't being broadcast there because what are they showing right now? But – if it's not being broadcast on there, why can't I watch it on NBA TV? I have to go to like a website and watch it on my laptop and the, the full screen mode wouldn't work. So that's all frustrating. I think they need to figure something out with that. So, I mean, it's just, there's no real reason that makes any sense, any logical sense for that to be the case. So that was frustrating. But in terms of the presentation of the game, um, you know, I thought they did a good job of like filling up the arena with, with graphics you know, like that, the panels behind and stuff like that. So it doesn't feel like you're seeing a bunch of empty chairs and things like that. And I'm sure it'll be even better when the real games start. Um, and then, you know, otherwise I'd say, I think Kenrick Williams took out a lot of ad time in this game because man, those announcers loved him and were heaping praise upon him that I just didn't see. I saw a couple of nice hustle plays, but he still does not look like a NBA basketball player to me right now. I, I was hoping we'd get to Ken Rich uh, at an early portion in this podcast, seeming as he is the Pelicans' uh, most important player going forward. I'm sure you'd all agree. Uh, so <laughs> we we covered Jackson Hayes, uh, and we we talked about his play. Uh, Ali, I want to talk about who wasn't there. Uh, well, obviously, sorry, I, go ahead. Can I just say about Jackson Hayes? I thought I don't I don't think Ali touched on this. Um, I thought he made some really nice passes in that game, um, which was very good to see, you know, mm-hmm. and getting another skill that can help out. He's still not putting his body on people to get rebounds, which is frustrating. Uh, I thought he was kind of a mixed bag because he would have these great moments. He's always like trying really hard, but sometimes he's just too energetic and not his head's not in the right spot. So he's like not in the right position, but he's always putting out effort. Um, and those kind of players, because they're playing hard, uh, make great plays and then also make boneheaded plays and fouls, which has kind of been the bag for uh, Jackson this season so far, but uh, nice passes, especially in the second half were uh, really nice to see. 
Preston, before we move on, we also got to mention, I thought Josh Hart and each one more especially, you know, looked good, right? Josh Hart wasn't out there for much, didn't shoot the ball much. But anytime he touched the ball or grabbed the rebound, you know, it it was obvious that he looked like in midseason form. Each one, man, whether it's from the outside or doing the floater game, he was just on fire. I think he scored 14 points to tie the the, uh, lead for the Pelicans. He also had a really nice pass in that game. Um, and, like, you know, I, I've been saying I think he's going to be one of those guys that you didn't expect to get a lot of minutes. Yeah, Kev, you may be right. Line. I was thinking about and, that during this game. Like, I, I feel like he definitely showed that tonight. Again, though, you know, it's against not great competition. But, you know, you got to you gotta shine when you're going against not great competition. And he definitely shined tonight. So. Yeah, he started off with a runner. Uh, he manipulated the pick and roll either on the ensuing possession or a few others. And then he had a, a nice runner probably from about eight feet. Uh, he scored 14 points in 13 minutes, led the Pelicans. Uh, and on just eight shots, so 62% from the floor. Uh, so really impressive showing from him. But yeah, it's, it's difficult to determine just what we saw today. Uh, but Nikhil Alexander-Walker got a lot of run. We saw some Frank Jackson uh, got some minutes. Jaleel Okafor uh, really took it to Jarrett Allen the first moment uh, that he got the basketball. But I want to go back to the viewing experience before we move on, Ali. Um, you know, the players were were spaced apart. Uh, it looked like three to four feet. Uh, to me, frankly, it looked like they were more comfortable because I always feel sorry for these guys who are like six foot eight sitting in this tiny chair that's built for somebody of my stature. Uh, so that looked a little more comfortable. But they had plexiglass uh, separating the guys on the technical side of things from the players. Um, and they kind of enclosed the players. It's it's a pretty big arena. I can't remember offhand, uh, but it, it, it fits a few thousand. And they had it all sequestered off with a sign to make it feel, uh, I, I don't know, like a, like a local Y or something. What did you think mm-hmm. of the presentation? I thought it was fine. I mean, I honestly like all the space on the sidelines and the baseline. That way you don't have to really worry about um, an injury. Like, for instance, I saw J.J. Reddick go diving after a loose ball in the corner of a baseline sideline on one play. Then some players were finishing layups or dunks by running kind of through them. Um, so that, that's kind of good for the knees and ankles, right? You don't have to suddenly stop and, you know, come to like a jump stop or a quick abrupt turn to avoid hitting somebody or somebody's feet staying right outside of the play in the court. So I didn't mind that part. I know that some people didn't care for maybe like there not being any fans. I think even Alvin mentioned in his post game talking about how he found that a little unusual or weird, but he then made the next remark that, you know, when they allow for the virtual fans in the regular, you know, season games those eight seating games that things will feel a lot more normal and that'll look even better all right uh that was pretty good takeaway too Uh, i remember on that possession specifically because jj reddick was clearly going off the baseline and Mm -hmm. uh, and he flipped the ball backward and nicola millick wasn't ready for it i was like what did you think he was doing where did you think he was going but it bounced right off of his knee out of bounds he didn't even lower his hands to catch it it was it was like he was stunned that the ball came his direction uh, so I was tickled by that. Uh, there, there wasn't much to take away. So that was that was a good moment for me. But let's talk about Nicolo Melli because he is going to be an integral part. We don't know how many minutes Jackson Hayes is going to get with Zion and Derek Favors back in the lineup. But Melli is somebody that we do think is going to get some minutes. Did you take any uh, anything away from his performance, Kevin? It was it was OK. It was fine. I mean, again, it's it's frustrating watching our bigs rebound because none of them put bodies on people other than Derek Favors. Our guards are better box are better at boxing out than our big men um so i wish you know he would do more of that he really needs to get his rebounding numbers up especially if uh zion's not ready for the first game um but you know you saw him space the floor and you know he's a solid passer as a big man um he does a lot of little things okay he's definitely not 
a great defender, but he, you know, he puts out effort and he does okay team defense wise, but he'll definitely get beat one-on-one. Um, but I mean, he, he was fine. Like I didn't think, it, you know, <clears throat> what your expectation of him is, what you expect from him, he delivered. And that's all that really matters. Cause then you work the rest around that, you know, what he, what he provides, what, what he can't do, what he can do. And then you make that work. So he's not letting you down. He's, he's not, he didn't like shine, but he wasn't bad. He was, it was a fine performance for me. All right. Good enough. Uh, we'll take that as it, as it may. Uh, I mentioned Jackson Hayes, Nicola Melli playing big uh, minutes tonight. Uh, Nicola Melli, 17 minutes, 17, uh, seven points on five shots. Jackson Hayes, uh, just two points and five rebounds, but you do like his energy. You do like his rim protection. He had three blocks, including one signature one. Uh, can't remember specifically when that had, but he's always good for a highlight. But I, let's move over to the people that weren't there. Of course, uh, Alvin Gentry said this was just a typical rest day for Derek Favors. Nothing to be concerned about. He'll play in the next scrimmage, which I think is two days from now. But we also got some news on Zion, and we can't do a podcast without talking about Zion because he's one of the, the signature faces of the NBA. And we got a report today that he has been testing every day, which is critical because that means once he comes back to the bubble, he only needs to quarantine for four days instead of whatever it was, 10 to 14 days. However, Ollie, we're, I think, eight days away from the NBA's uh, first game against the Utah Jazz. Are you concerned that he might not make it back for that game in time? I think we have to be, right? I mean, that means he's only got legitimately inside of four days to get back inside the bubble and hope that he doesn't, you know, produce one negative test. So you have to think that maybe if he's kind of, if the Pelicans or he had an idea that he was, you know, definitively coming back soon, that maybe they would have posted that news. But overall, I took the news, though, from the Pels as a positive because it sounds like he will be back at some point. You know, it it was more than just the, a week ago, hey, he intends to rejoin the team, right, with the, the words they use. So, like I said, I, I, I got I took a lot out of that because I don't think the Pelicans would put, go out on that ledge if they didn't really think that he would be returning. So the whole hope, I think, for me is that he returns after maybe a game or two doesn't miss any more than two because I really feel like this Pelicans team can beat at least one of Utah or the Clippers, even without them, because I don't expect them to give New Orleans their best shot. I just truly believe that those playoff teams that are really secure and have nothing really to play for aren't going to be giving it their all, especially to win the game. They're not going to play Kawhi Leonard or for the Jazz, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert over 30 minutes a game. I just don't see it. So, I think New Orleans can sneak away with a win there without Zion. So that's what I'm looking for. If he could return in the window of where at least the Pelicans will get him for the final six games to where, you know, most of those opponents was, I think, five out of six are direct competition uh, for that eighth or ninth seed. So I'm, I'm not going to be too upset if he's not back in within four days, but then you're going to be start looking at the calendar, right, to make sure they returns at some point soon to really make a difference. Oh, God. Those are the screams I used to make when I'd cut myself shaving, you know where. But that was before Manscaped. Thanks, Manscaped, for turning my loud shrieks into multiple peaks. Look, who here doesn't get nervous about grooming their man parts? And that's why Manscaped created the Lawnmower 3.0, beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks and tugs. The Manscaped engineering team obsesses over technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your family jewels. So many people have written in stories about how the Lawnmower 3.0 has changed their lives. They even included pics so I could see the smoothness for myself. And they aren't kidding. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. 
There is no shortage of action going on with our partners at BetOnline.ag. The NBA is right around the corner, and right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play. And BetOnline has the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. Yeah, and Derek Favors was critical, and I think he played in two of the contests against the Clippers, and in each played really, really well. Their first matchup, he had 20 points and 20 boards in a five-point victory, albeit uh, without Kawhi Leonard. So he's going to be somebody who's critical. However, uh, Kevin, like Ali mentioned, the Jazz may not need that first game as much as the Pelicans do, though they'd probably want to – I don't know that there's any benefit to moving up since there's no home court advantage. So you, But they do need to keep distance from number four. They're currently slotted number three. Uh, so – Without Boyan Bogdanovich, um, he he was a killer for the Pelicans this year, and we mm-hmm. still saw Brandon Ingram uh, take down the Jazz uh, in their last uh, encounter when he had 49 points and 25 shots in that overtime victory. Without how how critical do you think Boyan Bogdanovich is to the uh, Utah Jazz overcoming the Pelicans? I mean, he's huge. Uh, you know, he's the kind of guy that prevents presents a real matchup problem for the Pelicans because they don't have guys. That, you know, that are really good at guarding that kind of player. Um, it was really him and Joe Ingles that caused most of uh, the problems in our matchups with, with the Jazz. Um, so I, I, I still don't know, is is Joe Ingles playing? Like, I remember him saying that he wasn't going to Orlando, and then somebody said he was, and I forgot to look at the official rosters if he was on the list. But if he's not there and Bogdanovich isn't there, then it should be a cakewalk for the Pelicans. But if not, then it's going to probably be a fight um and uh we'll see but uh not having Bogdanovich there is a great boost for the Pelicans even if they even if we don't have Zion on the team at the time uh Joe Ingles is with the team um I I think mm-hmm. he's uh they they were calling him headband Joe so I, I can't imagine that mm-hmm. they'd be writing stories on him uh if he wasn't planning on playing and he's okay. going to be critical for them uh such a dynamic three-point shooter an underrated defender um and somebody who really gave Brandon Ingram trouble in the pick and roll uh there's some of those highlights over on the Twitters uh Ali I am looking at the schedule right now on Saturday night 8.30 p.m. on ESPN, at least uh, ESPN Radio. I'm, I don't know if it's being broadcast. No, no it's probably going to be, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that later where it's going to be found. Uh, although it's going to be tricky. Everybody had trouble finding it today. But they are playing the Denver Nuggets, Ali. We do know that Derek Favors will suit up. We imagine that everyone will too. Um, with uh, Well, the I don't know. Don't, I'm not sure for that. Remember, Alvin said this was a while back, right, when they first started practicing, I want to say, is that for the scrimmages, he said that a lot of players aren't going to play in all three games just because of how condensed it is. So I'm expecting, actually, we're going to see some players probably not playing this next one on Saturday. I don't know who it would be. Maybe Drew, maybe Lonzo. I don't know. But I'm expecting somebody to sit. But go ahead. I don't know. That's what I was going to say. Uh, so oh. if if some of these guys are going to sit, uh, obviously we didn't see any of Sundarius Thornwell, Zylan Cheatham, um, and we imagine that these guys aren't going to be contributors once they get to those eight games. So do you expect, uh, what I was going to get to, that we might see uh, some more glimpses of those guys, or do you just think that the guys that we saw play today are what it's going to be? You know, that, it's a great question because, I mean, Alvin's got a couple of days of practice, so he may see something different. Um but as a guess, I'm going to say that probably J.J. sits in the next game. Maybe e- either J.J. or each one than one of the starters. Um, 
And so you're still going to see typically the rest of the guys, right? Like we saw today with Frank, Kenrich, Jaleel, and some Sindorius and Zilinchia. And I was surprised because in pregame, Gentry made mention by name that Zilinchia was going to get some decent run. He'll end up with like around four minutes, I want to say. Uh, so we didn't get to see. Yeah, we didn't get to see anything out of him. And I thought Sindarius gave showed good effort and you know smart decision making. But you know when you when you start comparing, I guess everybody to Drew Holiday, everybody looks a step slow defensively because he seems to keep everybody in front of him. He you know he he picked up an offensive charge that I had to make a comment of because the Pelicans were whipping up on the Nets by thirty, and here's Drew so giving it his all defensively out in the perimeter. So, but I, I kind of want to see more Sindarius. I'll be honest with you, and and you know it just. It, I'm not dismayed, but I was a little surprised that not one of Nikhil, Frank, Kenrich, you know, one of these guys that you're hoping maybe could be a fringe contributor in a regular games had a better overall game. You know, there was glimpses for sure, but there was a lot of, you know, mistakes you can nitpick too. And against this Nets team that was so woeful, you know, it, it kind of dis- disheartened me a little bit. Well, Kevin will be the first to tell you that although Nikhil Alexander-Walker was only 6 of 15, he was a plus 12 because he was tracking that during the game. Uh, And Fish will will always point to his plus minus numbers. But yeah, Kevin, let's talk about the the Summer League Pels. uh, And you can throw Jackson Hayes in there too. I too was a little disappointed, uh, especially since we talk about these guys uh, so often in the group. You were were hoping, you know, when you go from a first to a second year, a second to a third year, usually you take a leap – because of that four months that you have to rest, to recover, to plan, to study. However, I mean, it's a small sample size, but we didn't really see that from those three guys. Yeah, I agree. And I also want to go back to what you guys were talking about, about play, who, who needs to play on Saturday or who should play. And I think if the plan was to not play Drew Holiday, they need to play Drew Holiday because he was woeful offensively. And we talk about how he always has trouble adjusting in new situations and I think we saw that tonight. So you got to give them enough run to get comfortable by the time the actual games start, unfortunately, because, man, he looked really bad offensively. But um, these guys, uh, the, the rookies, yeah, you know, like Ali said, you're hoping to see more of a standout performance. All of them had flashes of, uh, of, of greatness. You know, you saw some really nice passes from Nikhil. You saw some bad turnovers you saw some nice drives for him to get in the lane to create and to finish you saw some bad shots I mean he got put in some bad situations where he had to take some buzzer beaters too that made his shooting percentage worse than it would have been but um overall it was a mixed bag for all of them uh so that that's a little disappointing and you know Frank Jackson we're still talking about raw talent to a guy who's played for a guy who's played so many minutes already in the league, it's that's frustrating because he shouldn't be a raw talent anymore. I mean, he's played in what 51 games this season. And then going back to the last few seasons, he's played a lot of games and he just still hasn't developed the dribble move, you know, and, and until he does, he's going to be a totally ineffective player because he, he has great athleticism, but he can't create space to use that athleticism with any kind of dribble. So um, that's really frustrating that he still hasn't developed that yet. Yeah, I think you summed that up really well. Um, I, I think that's all we probably need to take from a scrimmage uh, before we move on to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Ali, was there anything you you think we missed that we need to discuss from this matchup? No, I don't think so. I think then we, we touch on every single player that appeared, right? So, no. 
Yep. So I don't know exactly who's going to play with the Denver Nuggets. I think we're all privy to uh, their their roster. Of course, we're all excited to see Michael Porter Jr. in action. Of course, there's Nikola Jokic. Bobo. Come on. And Bobo. <laughs> How do you not probably... lead off with Bobo? <laughs> Bobo. He's like the Taysom Hill of the, the Denver Nuggets. He, he gets all the clicks, but... Uh... <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, just moving on. Uh, so Derek Favors against Nikola Jokic is going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, and of course, if we see Drew Holiday uh, shutting down Jamal Murray, that's always a pleasure to, to watch. I think in my article, I wrote that Drew Holiday held Jamal Murray and Paul George this season to like one of 18 shooting or something incredible like that. So that'll be a fun matchup. Uh, what else are you looking for, uh, Kevin? Just fun. I mean, I and, you know, I would like to see um, some improvement from the young guys, especially against a, a better team. Um, even though I know Denver is also dealing with a lot of injuries. I mean, look at their starting lineup that they started today. It was like eight centers in the, in the starting five or something, you know, it was, it was a crazy lineup because they're so injury uh, depleted right now as well. Um, But yeah, especially, I really want to see our bigs battle with their bigs. Uh, I want to see better rebounding, better boxing out and better rim protection um, and better just heads up big man defense, hopefully favors, fixes that but I want to see it from Jackson and I want to see it from Melly as well because they're going to be important in this run and I think that's you know I think we would all agree that's our biggest weakness on this team right now um so I'd like definitely like to see improvement there yeah I'm really interested to see uh if Jeremy Grant ends up playing in addition to Michael Porter Jr just how Brandon Ingram uh matches up against them a longer wing a physical Mm -hmm. wing a guy who likes to get on the perimeter uh, a really above average defender uh just something a bit different uh he's he's a unique style of player for his size and he's somebody that i think could give brandon ingram some trouble so if brandon ingram's really able to outplay him early i think that might be a really good indicator of things to come is there anything else you're looking forward to ollie i'm curious to know if they're just going to play a competitive game right because we had heard and read of all these coaches that got together and basically talked about what they want to do in the first scrimmage, right? What they were looking to work on and stuff like that. So where, you know, you just throw winning and, and all this stuff out of the play or out the, out the window. So I'm curious, will that change for the second scrimmage? Cause then you're only going to have one more left. So will we get like kind of nugget, a good shot from the nuggets and will the Pelicans and Alvin kind of coach that way similarly. So I think it all boils down to that. If they do that, then yes, then it'll be kind of interesting to see, like say Ingram going up against that length, like Kevin was saying. Um, to see what, you know, great Derek favorite mobility and his conditioning against a player like Jokic, who's going to stretch him all the way out to the three-point line. And you already, Kevin, mentioned on Jamal Murray, right, to give uh, Drew Hawda another test. So I'm, I'm, I'm praying for something that's not such a meaningless scrimmage like we saw tonight. But, hey, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But at least Denver, you know, is going to have a better roster to throw at New Orleans. So at least we'll get that. And, you know, I'm trying to think of a taller team that they may face um, during the rest of this play here because, you know, they threw out Ball Ball today who I think he had something like a double-double and had six blocks. And, you know, they played Jokic, they played Grant. I'm not sure if they played Millsap and Plumlee and, and Porter Jr. But, again, that's six guys right there I've just named. They're at least six nine who could play regularly for that team. So it'll be interesting to watch for sure. Kevin, I'm going to make a prediction um, and then maybe I'll let you guys go. So uh, let's say that Zion comes back to the bubble in two, three, maybe four days. Uh, He's not going to have much time to get back into game shape. He's going to be stuck in a hotel room for four days. Do you think the Pelicans might 
sit him for a couple of seeding games, hold him to the Memphis Grizzlies on August 3rd so we can have some practice time to get back into game shape after being away from the team for what will have been like two weeks at that point? Uh, You know, I mean, I don't really think the game shape thing is that big of a deal. I mean, we're talking about two weeks maximum for a, a guy that was in peak physical fitness when the last time we saw him, you know, we, we all saw what his body looked like. I mean, you might have one of minutes restriction to start, but I think like holding him at the games and all of that, I think that's just an overreaction. In, in my opinion, I, I mean, he's, he's a young guy. He kept himself in great shape and got in better shape uh, during the layoff. So there's no reason to think that he's not still working out and keeping himself in, in shape while he's gone. Um, and I, you know, he definitely has that kind of drive. So I think he, he would be doing that. Um, so I, I'm not worried about that at all. All right. Great stuff. You guys, you know, uh, it's thank- more interesting to ponder instead of him sitting person. What's more interesting to ponder than him sitting in the hotel room for four days is what's he been doing maybe now, right? Yeah. Since he left the bubble, I want to say July 16th, has he had a chance or has he even cared to, you know, kind of maintaining kind of conditioning? So I think that's the bigger question. And then of course you've got to think Aaron Nelson's going to have, um, a chance to look at him first to basically probably run some kind of data test on his jumping on, on impact and all that. It's like great amount. And maybe that would determine how many minutes he plays if say he doesn't return until the actual game starts. So I think there's a lot to talk about there. Once we learn some more. Just think like what a difficult uh, journey it must be for him. Uh, we don't know what's going on. We're not privy to any information like that, but whoever he is encountering he has to be so meticulous that those people have not been exposed to COVID, have not been going out and living that kind of lifestyle because so much uh, uh, plays into what's what's going to be his future in the NBA bubble and the the Disney campus, so to speak. Like, how how much difficult must that be to keep that in the back of your mind while you're at home with your loved ones trying to? I, I don't know, go through whatever he's experiencing right now. So just something else to, to ponder. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, Kevin, did we miss anything? Is there anything you want to tell our listeners? No, I think uh, that's good. Sweet. Ali, what about you, sir? Yeah, just look for David Grubb's recap on this game tonight. And then I'm going to have a small little piece on can the Pelicans win without Zion, say, if he does miss a game or two. I'm hoping to get that up sometime tomorrow. Sweet. And I'm going to write, uh, uh, I've been doing some awards. I did Brandon Ingram most improved. Uh, I think it did Drew holiday for all defensive team. And I think next I'll, I'll, I'll make a case for David Griffin as executive of the year. Uh, I don't think he'll be a favorite, but he could finish uh top three. I think it's entirely plausible. Uh, thanks for listening. You guys, if you want to do us one favor, you know, the drill, uh, just retweet this, share it, rate us on iTunes. If you haven't. Um, and we really appreciate any help you can give us. Uh, we'll be back with these guys. If it's okay on Saturday night, we'll do this again after the Denver nuggets game. And we'll talk to you guys then for now let's dance and let's go pals. for listening to the bird calls on the armchair all-american network if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today black lives matter and we're continuing to do our part here at the bird calls that's why we've created the armchair all-american scholarship thanks to contributions from armchair myself music is my refuge r anders 36 andrew juge ralph malbro and many more armchair media will be issuing four $500 scholarships per semester to aspiring black creatives. The criteria is African-American, under 21, and in a creative field. 
To apply, send something you've created, whether photography, art, music, anything, to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. We can't wait to see your application. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.